everybody. I am having a hard time with this. I've restarted the recording multiple times. The first time I realized I wasn't even facing my microphone. The second time I just was tripping over all of my words. I just woke up from a very good nap. And so I sound like I just woke up, which I did. So my brain also feels like I just woke up, which I did. So anyways, um, with all that being said, uh, let's jump right into it. Last week we talked, or last time I posted anyway, we talked about um, modesty in dress, how we should be accentuating our beauty, not our body, and how that is so important uh, because we want to be seen as whole and entire um, and, you know, accentuating every part of us, not just one particular part, uh, creates this balance where people can really truly get to know us and it's a beautiful thing. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that Um, And then with this podcast, please share it if you are willing to. That would make me super happy. With all that being said, this week we are moving on and we are talking about modesty in speech. There's a lot more to modesty than just our clothing. Um, I just want to remind everybody what really got me going in all this was the fact that I had back in May another speech given to me about modesty. And I told my brother... (laughs) And I had had it up to here with that. There had to be much more to women than just our clothing. And so I also want to share that there is much more to modesty than just our clothing. So let's get right into that. So today we're going to be talking about modesty in speech. And then I'm going to share a lot of what I've written. And then I might branch off and talk a little bit. Just, you know, just talk a little bit about what I wrote. You know, everything like that. So I say, our body is not our only outward appearance. Within the first couple minutes of speaking with somebody, you can tell so much about them. Looks, eye contact, body language, but also verbal language. Verbal language has a bigger impact on people than we think, and I've noticed it's not often talked about. Swearing isn't exactly a sin, but it isn't helping us to grow in holiness either. Foul language also isn't ever needed. They're more of a crutch than an actual needed word. It shows your intelligence when you can find and properly use other words instead of swearing. So I have not been as good about this lately, and I wish I wish I would be better about this. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, because uh, it's not like a lot of my friends swear or anything. It's pretty much just only me, actually. So I think that it's just because I find they're much more fun to use. And that's not a healthy mindset going into this because, like I mentioned, it's not helping me grow in holiness. That's something I've really been working on lately. Um, And I just want to make a side note that everything I write down, I'm not saying I'm, you know, I've overcome all these things and I'm just like perfected in all these areas because, as we just saw, I'm really not. So just want to clarify that. But... Yeah, it is something I do struggle with and I want to get better at it because I notice that it has no good impact on anyone. Um, However, not swearing is less noticeable than if you are one who does swear. So, while not swearing, using foul language is holier. It's another holy act that goes kind of unnoticed. Normally, or so you might think. Um, so basically like if I'm talking to somebody and they're not swearing, I could just be like, oh, well, you're just talking to me like right now, like you've just met me. So you don't swear around me or you might not think like, or you might think like, I don't like swearing. So you're not swearing around me. And then you really swear behind closed doors or something like that. So it's kind of one of those things that's like, you don't really notice when people are making a conscience, uh, conscious effort to not swear is basically what I'm getting at here. And that's absolutely true. And then if you are one who swears, you know, you can instantly tell you're like, oh, 
Okay. It's kind of off-putting, if I'm being honest. I don't know. That's just me, maybe. I don't know. Using foul language can turn people away or make someone uncomfortable, but more than anything, it becomes a blocker from people being able to see Christ in you. So I think that's a real problem. Uh, Father Mike has, Father Mike Schmitz, has a good video on swearing. He's like, if you're not swearing at somebody, stubbing your toe and saying the S word isn't a sin. But if you tell somebody, oh, you're a piece of, and then you continue with the S word, that's where the sin comes into play. Which, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that makes total and complete sense. However, I like what I said here with just it becomes a blocker from people being able to see Christ in you. Because swearing kind of implies anger and impatience, both of which being, well, anger being a deadly sin and patience or impatience being just lack of virtue, which is never good. So it becomes kind of a blocker from people being able to see Christ in you. And I think that it's so important as beautiful women for people to instantly see Christ in you. And that's why we choose not, you know, we choose to make a conscious effort not to swear. And I think that this is a really good reminder for me because I've been slacking lately, which is no bueno. It is not that they can't or won't see Christ in you, but it becomes harder. Swearing is a language that comes from anger. Oh, yes, I just said that. It is rooted in anger, which is a deadly sin. Right. Sin is evil, so swearing is rooted in evil, not in Christ. As we should be striving to radiate Christ, we should try our best to keep our language clean. You might not get noticed for not swearing, but subconsciously people notice and are more classy see a more classy lady i think that's another really good point it's just that it's kind of more classy not to swear and so like if you want to see you know a classy lady you'll see a lady who doesn't use foul language or doesn't talk vulgarly vulgarly that's a word yes um a classy lady with a more pure soul and a cleaner more intelligent mind it is ladylike to keep our language clean um and honestly all of this might be like oh my gosh you can't do this in order to be a lady which is not true at all but i hope you can understand the points that i am making uh here i say my mom would always use this analogy when scolding me when i used when i used foul language when i had littler kids well i mean i still do but anyways we'd go out for ice cream or something like that and there would be these group of teenagers behind us in line they would be joking around, talking, and of course, using foul language. I always kept my language clean, and your dad would keep his language clean around the kids because I didn't want them hearing it. It was always a bummer going out and having people speak about others in such an angry way and then speak about something completely normal using the same exact language. Of course, my little kids had to hear it, which I tried my best to make it so that they wouldn't have to hear it. I understand at some points there's nothing you can do, so I want to raise my kids in a way where they never put anyone in the situation that I have been put in before. Foul language does make certain people uncomfortable, and it is better just to stay away from it. So while I don't think anyone's like, ever been like encouraging swearing be like oh my gosh yes swear i think everyone's like yeah whatever it's fine i don't care if you do it around me or they're uncomfortable around you know uh, they're uncomfortable with it so it's kind of like you know on a traffic light there's like the red where you're like uncomfortable the yellow where you're like i don't really care like it's whatever and then there's a green light i don't think 
anyone is at the green light when it comes to swearing. I don't think anyone is like, woohoo, this is great. I love this. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that'd be weird. I feel like if, like, you, if somebody was, you know, uncomfortable with you swearing, or not uncomfortable, but if you, like, ask somebody, like, oh, is it okay? Like, do you mind if I swear around you? Like, does it make it uncomfortable? They'd be like, no, it's totally fine. I don't really care, but that's the, I don't really care. It's not even like, oh my gosh, yes, do it, go for it. And it doesn't, yeah, so it's never a green light thing. So if you had a yellow light, just better to slow down then to continue. Better to be safe than sorry. My mom's right. It's better to be considerate of others. What good is swearing bringing anyway? None, but it can bring bad. So it's just not worth it. It is better to grow in holiness all in all areas of our life and our language included in that. So keeping our language clean helps us grow in Christ because whether we like it or not, it's kind of like underrooted anger, underrooted impatience, and it's better to keep that out, you know? Uh, but guess what? Swearing is not the only part of modesty in speech. <gasps> There's so much to modesty that nobody talks about, and I'm so excited to finally be like, writing it down and talking about it it just it really excites me also it's funny because as i'm reading my book there are parts where my you know you can tell that i've been writing for a while and my handwriting gets super sloppy and then you turn the page and you notice my handwriting's like pristine again and it's because like i took a break and wrote again a few days later so that's funny to me anyways some things are better left unsaid our conversation should always be one which should have uh, which we should be willing to have in the presence of Christ. Because believe it or not, he's watching us always. I can uh, tell you honestly, I struggle with this. I am a very open person. I don't like conversation about unimportant things. Or sorry, I don't want conversation about important things or natural things to be awkward. I have a hard time finding a modest balance. It's something, or sometimes gotten to a point where I go too far. Important topics need to be discussed, but modestly. You must not take a sacred or holy thing and turn it into something gross and inappropriate. Inappropriate jokes are hard to overcome as well. It is a habit we all grow into, or at least most of us, and it's hard to overcome, especially when society's humor is so cruel. So this, I kind of want to break apart into parts and kind of talk about each specific thing. Um, I'm a very open person. I don't really, I don't know. I feel like it's weird to have everything so hush-hush and being like, oh, no, you can't talk about it like that. That's not normal for everyone. And, like, that is has always been weird to me. And I don't want to be shy about any aspect of who I am. Uh, but I'm not really sure why. But that's just, you know, the way I am. Um, but it's about finding this modest balance because like you know you don't want to overshare and like be that girl that tells everyone that she's on her period or something that that's a little bit strange but like you know I'm not shy about it so if it's brought up or whatever like I can talk about it and not feel awkward about it because it's not something I wanted to be like oh my gosh like this is so weird like a 12 year old girl again like it's just not something for me but I need to find that modest balance where I'm not giving away nitty-gritty details because that would be disgusting and inappropriate and not I was about to say not appropriate but I just said inappropriate so but you get the gist um sorry I took a temporary pause my mom called me and that messes up my recording so I had to I had to go take care of that but uh we're back and uh what was I saying um 
Right, so essentially that we have to keep our our conversations modest. So you can be open about things while also being honest and appropriate about things uh, and finding a balance with things you can talk about. Also, certain relationships mean you can talk about certain things. You can probably share a lot more with your husband than you can, you know, your friend or your best friend's husband or your guy friends that you grew up with. There's or you could probably share more things with your sister than you can your best friend. I'm not sure each relationship is different. But there's certain things you can share with certain people. And that's, you know, your own choice to make. But to remember to keep, you know, read the room. Keep your conversation appropriate for the situation that you're in, the person that you're with, the conversation that's being had. And does it really need to be said? So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, jokes, jokes are a problem. And I think, I believe that the reason, like, this could just be a helping factor, but there's so many sexual jokes nowadays in every single movie or TV show, loads and loads of books have it, lots of YouTube videos and random things on Instagram and, you know, other social media apps. Everything is very sexualized nowadays, lots and lots of jokes about it. And they're funny sometimes. I have laughed before. But I think that laughing or making jokes or making fun of something so incredibly sacred has helped in causing such a downfall in just the sacredness of sex. Could just be me, but I do think that that is, you know, if it was something that was never joked about and it was a very serious thing, I feel like it would be taken much more seriously and be, you know, be reminded of people, like reminding everybody, like this is a very sacred thing. And I think it would help the world a lot, but, uh, yeah, that's just my take on that. Anyways, moving on. I very much enjoy listening to com- uh, to comedians, but often when I do, um, not often, sorry. I don't often listen to comedians, even though I do enjoy it. But when I do, like I said, I enjoy it. Growing up, my family and I always listened to Brian Regan. My mom and aunt always said they loved him. And thought he was one of the best of the best because he was purely funny. He didn't use swearing or dirty jokes as a crutch like most comedians do. Society will tell you that this is funny. But true talent can go further and tell a joke properly. This is just another example of how language really makes a difference. Brian made everyday things funny from baseball games... Uh, baseball game snacks to pop darts and to science fairs that is much more impressive and can be much more enjoyable by everybody than your average comedian who makes jokes about inappropriate things um which i think is a fair point we grew up listening to ryan regan all the time and it's still you know fun to you know listen to him even now and my parents who are much older than me and my brothers who are much older than me my little siblings who are much younger than me like they can listen to this and thoroughly enjoy it it's a comedian for all ages and that's that to me is real talent versus you know these people who make inappropriate jokes and swear a lot i don't know sometimes it's funny i'm not gonna lie but it's just it's proven that it's not necessary I was reading The Pure Faith, a prayer book for teens. I highly recommend it. I reread the section in the beginning. Um, it says uh, how to pray. That's what it's called, and it is wonderful. I reread it all the time because sometimes you need a reminder. However, as I was reading it, I recall um, it mentioning how you should pray to overcome sarcasm. 
As you can imagine, I was so confused. Sarcasm, in my opinion, was just playful rudeness, nothing actually against the person in which the sarcasm was directed. However, it got me thinking. I've encountered people who, in my life, um, that only speak in sarcasm, but it is also very passive-aggressive and hurtful. Everything I said had a sarcastic remark. I've walked away feeling silly and invalid. I am not a sensitive person, uh, but constant sarcasm can slowly eat at you and tear you down. You don't really notice it until you walk away. Sarcasm is pointless fun, and it is totally okay, but it's important to be cautious on how people might perceive it. Sometimes it comes across as purely rude. A modest amount is the goal here. Sarcasm is meant to be funny, meant to be uplifting and joke and lightening the mood, but not actually tear somebody down. And there needs to be a balance. I just dropped my microphone. Oh, that was so sad. Okay. It looks like it's working, so we're good. I just need to straighten it a bit. Ah, today's been a heck of a day in regards to recording. I've had quite a time. What is going on here? It's like totally unbalanced. Oh, there we go. Okay. Sorry for the many interruptions. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Uh, but anyways, as I was saying, y'all might think I'm crazy. Like, oh my gosh, Hope, like no longer do I want to take you as credible because you sound crazy. But no, let me explain myself. I use sarcasm like a second language. Um, it's just for fun. I tease my friends all the time. Never anything that's meant to be hurtful or anything like that. But it has happened before where I say something sarcastic and somebody genuinely gets hurt by it. And we need to be conscientious of that. I'm not saying stop sarcasm completely. How dare you? But it's more of a we need to be conscientious because sarcasm is fun. It is, you know... It's supposed to like, lighten the mood. It's supposed to be a joke, you know? But we need to be careful of what people are sensitive uh, about. So, like, you know, if somebody's super sensitive about, like, their nose or something, um, super insecure about it, and you make a sarcastic joke, like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't know you dressed up for, you know, Halloween isn't until October. Like, why are you dressed up today looking like a witch? Like, ha, 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 ha. Um, not me ever having said that in my life. What? Um... But if somebody's insecure about their nose, they might actually get hurt by that. So maybe don't make jokes about their nose and instead make jokes about, you know, their hair that day. I'm not really sure. But you just need to be aware of what might hurt somebody else and never do that. Because we don't want to go around using something that's supposed to be a joke and hurting people. Um, there needs to be a balance. Because we're supposed to be, and, and through all of this, my entire message is just becoming a beautiful woman. And if you want people to see how beautiful of a person you are, you know, if we think about like princesses when we were little, um, you know, Cinderella was always like, um, you know, have courage and be kind. And all the traits of all the princesses was just kindness. And, and that was so attractive to us little girls. Uh, they, they were just so beautiful to us. And part of that was because of their kindness and their beautiful singing voice and all of that. So I think it's important to remember that if we want to be beautiful women, we have to be very, very kind. It just comes with it. And with being kind, it means we're looking out for other people's, you know, feelings and what might hurt them or what might affect them negatively because we don't want to do that. Because believe it or not, that can happen and we want to avoid it um, whenever we can. 
So sarcasm's great, but just be conscientious and find a balance and don't overdo it because then it just gets boring and people think you have no other personality and I promise you nobody likes that person. So just find a balance. The fifth commandment is thou shalt not kill. Now this is something that I have been, <laughs> I have really been thinking about this summer. Um, this is a conversation, my friends and I, we all sat around a bonfire and we were talking about this for hours just because people overlook this part. But I say that the fifth commandment is thou shall not kill. Um, a commandment I was positive I was never going to break. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm never going to kill anybody. It's not something I have to worry about. We can just graze over that one when we're doing uh, an examination of conscience. But, you know, interestingly enough, it isn't just murdering someone, but also hurting someone, tearing someone down, someone down, and causing someone to deal with insecurities, which takes away from a focus and uh, other uh, takes away from their focus in other areas of their life. It, in a way, kills their livelihood. I learned this from a little example, or sorry, a little examination of conscience and was blown away. So I decided to read the little, it was the tiniest little pamphlet I've ever seen in my life in the back of my church and I picked it up to read it. And under the fifth commandment, it was like a whole page. And I was like, okay, even though I said it was super tiny, a whole page for the fifth commandment blew me away. Um, because it was like, did you do this this week? Did you do this? Did you hurt someone like this? Did you by chance do this? And I was like, oh my word. Like I broke the fifth commandment. Who would have thought little 12 year old me would have broken the first, er, the fifth commandment. And it's true because killing someone's reputation. So that's gossiping about somebody, but killing somebody's reputation, killing somebody's, you know, livelihood or their happiness or anything like that is under the fifth commandment. I was totally shocked. And it's just something we have to be much more aware of. Uh, the goal here I want to make clear is not to restrict us, but rather open ourselves up to Christ and let him pour through our souls. Sarcasm is not bad, but it becomes just the way it can become that way. Just the way you speak it. it and it can cause harm. People should always walk away from you feeling happy, like they've just met someone who truly knows Christ. So that, that part right there, you want to walk, you want people to walk away from you feeling as though they truly met Christ. And that is a lovely way to put it because I feel like a lot of the time you could be like, oh my gosh, it's a stranger. Like we'll never meet them again. It doesn't matter. But that's not true. Or we could be like, well, I don't like that person at my church, so I don't really care if they don't like me. But that's not how it works. Or, you know, we don't we don't want anyone to walk away feeling like they're less than they are or feeling like they are invalid because I've walked away feeling invalid or less than I am. And I just, I don't appreciate that. And I don't want to do that to other people. I'm not saying I haven't. I'm not saying that I, you know, won't. But I'm saying that I don't want to. And I think that that's where, you know, where we need to start. It's just that we don't want to hurt others. We don't want others to walk away from us feeling like they, like they just met an ick person. We want everyone to walk away being like, wow, that person has a very personal relationship with Christ. And that is beyond what God could ask for from us. It's just, oh. Becoming a beautiful woman is such an important thing to do. Such a, you know, 
something that society needs to, you know, make the switch and just do. And I'm so excited to finally be sharing this with, you know, everyone because I think that it is absolutely wonderful. So let the goal not be restricting or be like, oh, well, no, I can't do this. I have to watch my toes. But just radiate Christ. Let Christ pour through you and make it so that when people leave, they feel like they've met someone who has a very, very intimate relationship with Christ. So to summarize, the goal is to be modestly you in Christ. You are beautiful, created beautifully. We originally were made to be beautiful. And the first thing Eve did when she sinned was clothed herself. There is so much more to a woman than just her body. To draw so much focus into one area of your detailed and wonderful self would be an injustice to the entirety of the beautiful woman God created you to be. Accentuate your beauty with your style. Find something that allows you to be the prettiest you've ever felt. Take time to do your hair, maybe a little makeup. It is holy to want to be beautiful. Allow God to shine through you. Allow God to shine through you. Modesty in our speech is a very important part of our womanhood. Classy and respectful ladies who are educated aren't you don't use foul language we should want to more than anything bring christ to those around us our speech helps in that very much christ tells us to preach the gospel and so our speech is very vitally important and having that be pure and loving and kind is such a goal that we need to reach beautiful women are called to bring souls to christ we should use our beauty to our advantage but in a holy way God tells us to use our words and to share the gospel. Our words have importance and should be pure and holy. Our words should be beautiful. Our clothing, the way that we dress, should be beautiful, should be modest. Modestly you. That is, that is uh, my take on modesty. Something I'm very proud that I wrote. Um, a little side story, actually, uh, this was something, um, that I'm, I'm proud that I have written what I have written. Um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of my writing is an adoration. Um, and I have here in the front, he's showing you off to Jesus in calligraphy. Um, and that's a little tribute to my grandpa because my grandpa was my, I'd like to say number one supporter, but you know, who knows? Um, and he showed me off to everyone because he was so proud of me. And one adoration evening, I was really sad. And my friend whispered to me, he's showing you off to Jesus. And I immediately wrote it down. And I think that that is beautiful. So this is a little tribute to him because he would have loved this. And I am hoping that he's watching down on, uh, down from heaven on me and smiling because that would be so cool. Um, but anyways, next week we're going to be talking about a womanly woman and femininity and feminism and toxic feminism and fertility and whatever else may come. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the time you've taken from your day to hear what I have to say. If you did enjoy this podcast, I would highly suggest you share it that would make me really happy you can post it on your instagram stories because it is in spotify it's also an apple podcast 
Um, and if you haven't yet, check out my website. You can find the link in my Instagram, which is hopemiller04. So I have a link tree in my Instagram where you can see my website, hit that or whatever. Um, or you can get a quick link to all my other podcasts. And yeah, so if you guys would like to share this or check out my website or check out my Instagram, that would be awesome. Go over to my Instagram. It's hopemiller04. You could get a lot of really good pro-life information on there. We're kind of branching off to this beauty of a woman thing. But for now, that's where we're at. Uh, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening and God bless.